these founders, rising entrepreneurs, creatives that are turning their talents and gifts into their livelihood. What advice would you give them? When you have a startup and you need funding, don't go for the loan, go rather for an equity stake if you can, because then you're putting them on the bus. If they're on the bus, they understand your needs, they understand better what they're getting into and what you're getting into, and you can ride it better rather than somebody who's pounding the desk and saying, listen, I need my money, where's my payment? Rain Podcast. Hi, I'm Nova Lorraine, fashion designer, brand advisor, and founder of Rain Magazine. Welcome to our award-nominated Unleash Your Supernova podcast, storytelling at its best. Discover and learn from the gutsiest creative and entrepreneurs from around the globe. Listen for new secrets and hacks to increase your mindfulness, creativity, and entrepreneurial spirit, all to help you unleash your superpowers. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Jaden Sage. Jaden is a Wall Street mathematician who has been in the blockchain space since 2011. He serves as a speaker and advisor to startups, universities, and industry in the upcoming transformation to digital currencies. His particular emphasis is on humanity's navigation to a more decentralized environment with all its ensuing implications. He's also an advisor to companies in the artificial intelligence space and serves on the board of artificial intelligence think tanks. Jaden is also the author of the upcoming book, The Future of Money, a journey into the past, present, and future of how value creation impacts our lives. Welcome, Jaden. Thank you, Nova. Thank you for having me. That sounded very highfalutin, but you know, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to make sure our listeners knew why you are so amazing and why they should be taking your advice about digital currency. Yeah, you should tell that to my parents, but yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Sage. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking a moment out of your busy schedule to join us and to share your wisdom, your unlimited wisdom with our listeners today. I am really excited to dive into the future of money and cryptocurrency. It was something that I was introduced to in about 2012. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, what a shoulda, coulda, because if I understood, you know, what, like all the value and all the opportunity that it entailed then, probably would be (laughs) on the beach in Jamaica right now doing this podcast. But anyway, I'll let you get into a little more detail on all the opportunities that are still in front of us in this ever evolving new industry. But first, let's talk about your upcoming book, The Future of Money. Why? What made you decide to write this book? So the future of money is really, it's actually a misnomer because the future of money is actually the future of you because money is just an extension of who we are or who you are as an individual. So it's about the evolution that we are undertaking and going. When humanity started and had a flint hand axe and they used to go out and hunt and use this first technology called a flint hand axe. It wasn't about the hand axe. It was the person using it and who carved it. And it was all about them. So even today, all tech, all everything related to money, digital currency, is really about use. It's really about the future of us and the direction we're going. Mm. So you're writing a book about the future of humanity, so to speak? 
Well, it's an exploration of our past because everything that humans do stems from what we engage in, right? So from our condition, humanity's condition, from our experiences, from our needs, that's where we derive our tech, derive all of the innovation that we have. It comes from that position. So we need to understand ourselves better and our history better. And the best way to do that is to explore, go backwards, because the more you want to know about the future, the more you need to explore the past, where we've been, so we can understand where we're going. And that was the impetus for this book, which is to explore the past and the future, because currently we're in a place where we're on it like a hamster on a wheel. We're born, we get on that hamster wheel, school, 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 get into a good college, 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 get into a good job, work, 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 retirement. And uh, then in retirement, try to recapture your travel and your time periods that you didn't get to experience while you were a slave to some, uh, you know, company or some position. And then at the end of the day, or at the end of our life, we're standing there thinking, okay, what was it all worth it? And what do you do when you look back? The idea is to look back now rather than in the future so you can make better choices. No, I agree. And I think as you were, as you were describing that, I was getting anxious. You were, you were like sharing the same energy of like, go, 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 as you were describing that. So that was a really good illustration. So speaking about exploring our past and needing to know more about that to move forward, successfully move forward, let's talk a little bit about the history of money. And I know that most people probably don't have many details on that. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, I mean, money uh, Money is like a four-letter word in our society and in the human Uh-oh. condition. You know, <laughs> money, money is something that we see as a driver and enslaver, and uh, it has an oversized control over our lives. That has been engineered as such, and that is what people don't have uh, recognition of. If you go back in time, we initially had a barter system. We were bartering with each other for our goods. And then that doesn't really work if you are trading with somebody who doesn't have what you want. So we created this medium of exchange. And in the process of having a medium of exchange, other people saw that this can be used as an instrument of control as well. And that component came in and then a system called I. O-U came in called debt. And then the debt Mm. became the driver of humanity's actions and the enslaver of humanity because there's three ways, three instruments used by different classes of people. Gold is the instrument of the wealthy. Silver is the instrument of the gentleman class. And debt is the instrument of the slaves. So this is our challenge. It is we are using debt as a currency and that causes all sorts of problems. Yeah, I just want to interject because I've never heard that before (laughs) in stating it that way. Could you repeat that? You said gold, silver and debt and how that relates to our place in society. So gold is the currency of kings. Silver is the currency of gentlemen and gentlewomen. And debt is the currency of the slaves. Interesting. Very. And if you look and if you look at the Federal Reserve note, if you reach down into your pocket and pull that out, it is actually a 
debt instrument. It isn't a value instrument. So we are conditioned to operate under a system of control, and that control is derived that we are indebted from the time we are either born or when we come into the real world, we get a credit card and boom, you're off to the races and you're in debt. So it's I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. And this is <laughs> this is the big challenge that, wait a minute, who said your sole purpose in life was to pay debts off and accumulate new debts? Well, I, I have to just touch on that a little bit because that hit a chord with me. When I was in college is when I got my first credit card and had never seen one before until the big tables out in the main areas on campus where you had representatives that were sitting behind it with big smiles on their faces and these one page applications and giant candy bars. And you would go up to the table and they'd say, hey, just fill out this one page form and you get free money in the mail. You know, you get a card and it's like free money. And oh, by the way, you get this giant chocolate bar, you know, just for filling out this form. And I'm sitting there like, okay, this is a no brainer, free money, quote unquote, free money and a giant chocolate bar. Chocolate is my weakness, (laughs) by the way. And then lo and behold, I get these two cool plastic cards in the mail and $400 each. And it took me about six or seven years to pay off $800 by paying the minimum payment due, which I thought, oh, you pay the minimum. Great. No problem. Wrong. (laughs) And so that was my first experience with credit cards and debt. So that definitely hit a chord with me when you talked about that. So Nova, the biggest takeaway from that story is not that you paid off so much money or that it took you seven years. The real damage to you and the rest of us who've experienced something similar and everybody's experienced something similar is that the conditioning you received. When you're young, you're malleable, your mind is malleable, and the conditioning you received, biggest damage is that it's okay to spend what you don't have. And that Mm. puts you on that track path for bigger and bigger purchase items. And before you know it, you have so much debt and you just keep living your whole life. The whole purpose of our lives becomes just paying off your debts, accumulating better debts. Watch out. You replace your report card to your credit report. And then those Mm. are the things you're consistently trying to manage as a student, as a kid, you're managing your report card. As an adult, you're managing your credit report. And it is befuddling to a few people as to why we don't actually get off that bandwagon and stop and say, wait a minute, is this what our life was all about? At the end of your life, do you want on your tombstone written, here lies so-and-so, he was excellent at paying off his debt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't really see that. (laughs) (laughs) He paid off his debt really well. I mean, (laughs) you want to put something of value on your tombstone when you get to that point or somebody puts something of value. And I would imagine none of it will be anything financially related. It'll be who you became and who Mm. you served. Interesting. So let's let's talk about that a little bit and how it relates to the future of money and possibly cryptocurrency. Is there a solution to debt with cryptocurrency? And before, actually, before you answer that, for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with cryptocurrency, can you actually define what cryptocurrency is? So we started a while ago with gold as the instrument of exchange or medium of exchange. And that 
persisted for a while. And then we changed that to paper currency. Marco Polo went to China and he saw that they use paper currencies. He brought that back to Venice and the Venetians, he showed them that they use paper currency and they laughed at him and they burned it in court when they said, this is crazy. You cannot use paper. You can burn paper. Gold is currency. So we moved from gold to uh, currency, which now we call fiat currency. And now we're morphing again to a digital code. And that digital code is digital currency or aka cryptocurrency, where it's a high-powered, long mathematical equation that you derive value from and becomes a medium of exchange so you can use it for your transactions, be it large or small. So it's the evolution of what we use as a value exchange mechanism. Okay, so moving from goods in terms of bartering, as you mentioned, to gold, like physical, I guess, currency, and then that transition to cash and then plastic, as we refer to it, and now a mathematical equation. Is that correct? Correct. And along the way, there's an underpinning or underlying component, which is while all of us were off to the races throughout history, chasing this value creation mechanism for the betterment of our lives, those certain group of people based on fear decided, okay, we can actually use this as a way to capture control over humanity also. And they amped up that ability to use it as a control mechanism. And that's what turned money into a four-letter word for humanity rather than something that was just uh, a tool, an instrument to be able to conduct your barter. And it turned into an enslavement tool and uh, debt being the primary component of that. Ah, okay. Well, that's really interesting. So back to my first part of the question, as it relates to cryptocurrency, does cryptocurrency provide a solution to debt? Cryptocurrency provides a solution to the shortcomings of fiat currency. Whether it can provide us with a solution to debt, that answer is yes and no. <laughs> I'm not trying to be vague, but at the same time, debt is a separate condition that was placed on us primarily because of us not taking control of our own lives and our own destinies for whatever sets of reasons through history. We've never really had control yet. People coming in from another area, capturing people and turning them into slaves. And that happened with every group. You know, they wasn't specific to any one group. Every group has gone through the period of becoming enslaved. And I mean, look at the Colosseum, right? The Colosseum wasn't filled with one group that had everybody coming through it as slaves. So this is the challenge that humans, based on their conditions, don't recognize that they have been put into this indebtedness. And we are deriving our entire life based off of that. What is the purpose of your life? Is it just to pay off your debt or take on better debt? manage that credit report? Or is it more about you becoming and evolving somebody so much more? Now, so there are elements of cryptocurrency in there. Cryptocurrency has another element called decentralization. We've been living in a pyramidical society where there's a small group at the top and the majority of us are just the working schleps who report to and are controlled by those at the Did top. Did you just call us schleps? <laughs> yes, I called us all schleps. Working schleps. <laughs> because if you wake up, Nova, in the morning, and if, you, uh, if your decision to what you're doing during that day is based on accumulation of more pieces of paper, then that is my definition of schlep. The only mm. people who wake up and say, 
I need to help society. I need to evolve myself. I need to find out what my true purpose of being on this planet really is. Then you're not a schlep. Unfortunately, for most of us, we wake up with that concern when we reach into our pocket and say, oh, my God, I need more of these pieces of paper. Mm, Okay. Well, I am determined to get rid of the title schlep, okay? Because that doesn't work with my fashion ethos, okay? (laughs) Uh, How about if I introduce myself as schlep? So that would be (laughs) No, but very, very visual and, and I appreciate that. I want to also get your, any tips you have for entrepreneurs who see debt as a natural part of starting or growing their business. And it's usually in the form of credit cards, personal or private loans, and loans to investors. What advice would you give these individuals, these founders, rising entrepreneurs, creatives that are turning their talents and gifts into their livelihood? What advice would you give them? Debt causes you to constantly be in a state of worry, in a state of fear. And while we cannot avoid debt, recognize, I mean, you need a mortgage, right? And you're not going to go over there and plunk down, it's especially if you live in on the eastern seaboards, the northern side, you literally are going to be paying millions just to get yourself a dink little house. So you need mortgages, you need loans, but simultaneously, we can morph to a better system, especially as an entrepreneur. On the entrepreneurial side, when you have a startup and you need funding, Don't go for the loan, go rather for an equity stake if you can, because then you're putting them on the bus. If they're on the bus, they understand your needs, they understand better what they're getting into and what you're getting into, and you can ride it better rather than somebody who's pounding the desk and saying, listen, I need my money, where's my payment? And that, what it does to you on a subtle level is it diminishes your life. It reduces the amount of life you have on this planet because it's spent, so many of your brain cells are spent worrying, oh my God, I got to pay this debt. I got to pay this debt. And this is this reduces the quality of your life and reduces the purpose that you were truly put here for. Most of us don't even take an opportunity to exercise and figure out mental exercise and figure out what is my purpose here? Why am I here? Because maybe because it's harder and it requires uh, Albert Einstein said this. He said the reason why most people don't think is because thinking is very hard. So mm. we would rather have someone give us our manifest or what our goal is, or what our purpose is on a silver platter. So guess what? Whoever wanted control gave you that purpose. Okay, you're born into slavery, you know, via debt, and you're going to continue on that merriment path all the way till the end. So this is where we need to do our own introspections and figure out which is our best way forward rather than follow the herd, if you will. Okay. All right. Very interesting. And you know what happens to the herd, right? Like, I mean, when you see all the animals going to the slaughterhouse, do they go? This is important. Do I they love go? these visuals. I love these very strong <laughs> yeah, they're, visuals. They're, they're going to stick with me. They're designed for a purpose. They're engineered. They're strategic. <laughs> the slaughterhouse. But, no. <laughs> so, so when they're going to the slaughterhouse, I don't know if you've ever watched a video of that. They're not resisting. They don't, they don't resist because the way it's engineered is that they think that they're just moving from being moved from one place to another. And only at the last minute do they see the axe falling down on them. And before you know it, it's game over. So most animals, when they're marched to the slaughterhouse, don't even know that they're being marched. Now, the takeaway for us is how much of that is happening to you? <laughs> 
Mm, wow, that's deep. <laughs> that's very deep. <laughs> okay, listeners, <laughs> when you're being marched, <laughs> definitely take <laughs> take an assessment of the situation for sure. No, I love the visuals. I think that, you know, we do need some shock value, right? To want to dive a little deeper into these statements and the information that you're sharing us to really, you know, analyze where we fall in any of this and, you know, take what resonates with us and, you know, put some action to it. So no, I appreciate that. I want to go again back into cryptocurrency because it is still something that most people are now sort of getting on the bandwagon, quote unquote, in the last few years, especially when Bitcoin made its major spike uh, not too long ago. And, you know, that's what most people know when they think of digital currency or cryptocurrency is Bitcoin. Tell us a little bit about the state of the industry now and what opportunities are there for those of us that are interested in diving a little deeper into digital currency. Yeah. So again, let's go backwards in time in the sense that what we're trying to do here is separate the egg from the omelet and financial instruments, currency. That became, if it was just a medium of exchange, we would have already gone to digital currency, but it became a medium of control due to debt and other factors. So now we have a system based on that. Our Federal Reserve note is based on debt. It isn't based on surpluses. So with that, all that in mind, it is such a, it's like an omelet. When we're trying to do this transition, it's not going to be as simple as, okay, we're going from a laptop to an iPad because it's better. It has a touch screen. It's not as simple. There's so many factors in it and it's got a strong element of fear and control that helps certain people over the masses. And then that is going to be a dynamic and big paradigm shift. It's not even as simple as self-driving cars. People think self-driving cars are going to be the big whoop-de-doo where we change out. It's true, granted. But at the same time, this strikes at the core because this is value creation and storage of value and that our livelihood is dependent upon it. So people are going to be most reluctant to this tech. Tech is gutting everything, re-examining everything. But when it comes to your money, people literally value their money more than their life, right? Many times you see that. You see that so much. It's insane where the the elderly are like, are you crazy? I'm not going to pay that copay just to go see the doctor. You really don't want to live. I mean, you know, you're you're worried about your pennywise pound foolish. You're worried about that procedure costing you a thousand dollars out of pocket versus your life. So what's going to happen to your money? Who cares? You know, once you're gone. So people outsize value money and to change that dynamic to say now you're going to depend upon some other form of value storage is going to be the mother of all pivots or the mother of all ramp ups. And it ain't going to be easy. Hmm. Okay. And how do you, in terms of a timeline, do you foresee how long it will take us to adjust to this new form of you know, exchange, you know, is there talk within the industry on how quickly fiat or traditional cash system will merge with cryptocurrency or that cryptocurrency will take over the cash system? Do you have any insight on that? Yes. So the definitive date is April 1st, 2020. Okay. There you go. (laughs) There you go. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, April Fool's Day is the day. It's very hard to capture a definitive when it, it will be, but it's a slow 
march upwards. And over time and the conditions that are present and as we acclimate to this newer technology, it's the mother of all pivots. It's going to take longer than self-driving cars for it to fully be absorbed by society because even self-driving cars, which is going to be really hard for people to do, but it'll still be easier than to say, okay, we're trading out the way you feel richer or poorer. So it, it will take some time, but the best thing people can do is become more knowledgeable about it, empower themselves with that knowledge. And this industry will create so many applications, just like when the iPhone came out and then all these apps came out, people have the opportunity not see everybody right now is thinking, okay, Bitcoin happened. If I had only gotten into Bitcoin, I would be a bazillionaire today. So if I find the next Bitcoin, I'm going to be all set. What you're really missing out in that dynamic is that's the equivalent of playing the lottery and hoping to strike it rich. This new technology is based on decentralization. It's going to create many, many apps. And those apps is where your personal strengths come in. When the app store opened up on iPhone, people made health apps. Somebody made an app for some skill set, some knowledge that they had. All these apps came in. Where did that come from? Did they all have a tech background? No, what it was is their own personal skill sets. But those who empowered themselves with the knowledge were able to go quick to action mode and be the first to create something while the rest of us became the followers. And we all stood there with all these apps and say, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? I mean, really, Instagram, Snapchat, really? I mean, it takes a genius. Where their genius was is seeing it before others see it. Because mm. there's... There's such a concept that talent knows how to hit a mark no one can hit. Genius hits a mark that no one can see. Wow. I love that. So this is the challenge. They're real genius. Even Facebook, it's not the, the tech was there. Anybody could have taken up on it. Their genius was to see where it was going and how to readily apply themselves. So knowledge right now is not just about, okay, can I identify the new coin that I can make a bazillion dollars? You can still make a bazillion dollars. You just need to understand what you're doing and then build an application based off the new decentralized world that we're creating. Remember, Bitcoin is just one application of blockchain. So think about the power right there, that just one application of blockchain yielded a gyration in the financial system, which has been around for 50,000 years, 10,000 years, definitely defined as such. So just imagine the power of blockchain for other industries and where you fit in, not knowing you'll be a follower rather than a leader. So more people get empowered, the more they'll be leaders. Yeah, that just inspired me to brainstorm over a decentralized blockchain Candy Crush app. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, basically, okay, no more of these cryptocurrencies that are going to be the next Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's powerful. No, I love it. And it's inspiring. Because yeah, when you think back to the days before the smartphone, and now most of us can't imagine a phone that just calls, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have a phone that entertains you, that educates you. You know, There's so many functionalities that have come from the various apps that these innovators have brought to us through this device. And I love that analogy with this new decentralized system and Bitcoin just being one component of blockchain. Just imagine what else lies in front of us and to really look forward to all the opportunities and all the ways that we can continue to improve our lives with this new technology. The key takeaway is 
all these confluence of factors, 5G is coming in. And if you don't understand 5G, you basically may not even need your phone. It, the internet will be everywhere. It'll be, it'll permeate society in a way that you don't even need a phone. So 5G is coming in. Self-driving cars are coming in. And just think, you know, no more truck drivers, delivery vehicles. So many of our lives are about to change. And of course, the same thing with blockchain. So it's a confluence of factors that's going to lead humanity to be more fluid. So they're going to become, achieve a level of fluidity. So what does that mean? How does that relate? Well, think about it this way. If you're getting into a self-driving car, that time you used to burn in your 45-minute commute or 15-minute commute, it doesn't matter, but you were engaged in watching the road, hopefully. But now you can actually be on your phone or engaged in improving your business, improving your personal life. And that creates an exponential growth in your understanding knowledge and that empowers you to take action. Remember, each one of us has a set of skills that nobody else has, but we are experts at completely putting ourselves down and holding everyone else on a pedestal. You bring to the table a set of unique skills and personality that has never been on this planet before, ever. And when we understand that, we can actually know that we can actually make a difference instead of being another, you know, hamster on a wheel or the herd that's going, you know, in a certain direction called the slaughterhouse. <laughs> no, not the slaughterhouse again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to drive that point, Dave. You know, they say action motivators, right? Like, so uh, if you give up somebody a motivator, because it does come back to action, being an information junkie, which we are all guilty of today. Any moment mm -hmm. we get, we get on our phone and boom, we're off to the races. We're watching YouTube videos. We're looking at the news and information, information. We're on information overload, but that's great. But then there has to be a set of actions that you right. must take. It's not only information, it's the action based off of that information. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get lost because we are all indebted slaves that have to report to work. So we get lost. Okay, I got the information, but it's off to work I go. And when I get home, I just want to chillax and watch the ball game. I don't have time to like, take goddamn actions. So it's it's that dynamic in play. And the only time you do you get to do a look back is it when you retire and your best days are behind you. And then you don't get the opportunity to make those amazing differences on this planet. You are an amazing individual that is on this planet and in a unique way, you bring unique value to all of us. It's not just for yourself. Oh, if I can get rich, that's fantastic. It's not about that. It's about the value you bring to the table for the rest of us too. Anybody who's innovative, innovative or innovated has created a set of values or a value that we all benefited from. Look at the light bulb, look at the car, look at the airplane. We all derived. If the person said, ah, I'm nobody, if the Wright brother said, we make bicycles, who the hell wants to think that we can make something that's going to fly and propel humanity to a whole different scale? Really? I mean, think about that. Now we look back and we say, oh, Wright brothers, creative geniuses, amazing guys. Think about that. When they were running a bicycle shop, they had a million reasons to put themselves down and say, who the hell are we, bicycle shop owners, to fly? Mm. You need to learn that you can fly based on your skills and your drive. I love that. Listeners, are you writing this down? <laughs> You're taking notes. <laughs> that sounded really good. That sounded really good. Marvel movies. <laughs>
That sounded really good. I wrote that down too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not just superheroes. Okay, guys. Actually, you know what? This is the big takeaway. You are a superhero. You're just not aware of it. I will agree. Well, clearly supernova, superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> I know this, but do our listeners know this? <laughs> no, I, that, no, all great points. Uh, thank you so much, Jaden. I loved this discussion. It was a lot of fun. It was insightful. And we'd love to have you back to take a deeper dive on tech and AI and continue to explore blockchain with all the opportunities that lies ahead. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. If you have any questions for me or Jaden, please email me at nl at rainmagazine.com. Again, nl at rainmagazine.com. As you know, we release new episodes every two weeks. So make sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications to be alerted for our newest shows. Any last parting words, Jaden? Pretty much everybody needs to understand that we're going into a whole different world where things are going to be in constant flux. The biggest change is going to be that there's constant change. That's always going to be the rate of the state that we're going to be living in. And those who understand it and take advantage of it will realize their superpowers and will feel more empowered to help each other, uh, you know, help the other person. The people who have made the differences, they inspire the rest of us. So it's about time each one of us realize that they also can be someone that inspires others just by our own actions and not feeling so disempowered, despite the fact that we've had some certain conditionings, despite the fact that we live in a society where indebtedness is the way of life, we can still break free and learn how to fly. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And so listeners, again, you heard the word fly. So make sure you underline that in your notes. And don't forget to listen, subscribe, download, tell your friends to join us on our next episode of Unleash Your Supernova. And until next time, stay super. <laughs>